Do we just pack it in here, Brian? Is any of this worth it? <laughs> Is there any reason to go on? Oh, there isn't. Disaster has come for us. <laughs> uh, well, I know your hopes were high on Sunday. They were. Uh, they were. And I, you know, I learned a painful lesson, Scott, about life and how it's devoid of meaning and purpose and hope. <laughs> And <laughs> that hope is a dangerous thing. Yes. You know, uh, I, I don't know who said it, whether I think, is that from Shawshank? Shawshank, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is a very dangerous thing. And I confess that I succumbed to hope's allure and uh, the promise of it. And uh, on all fronts, you know, all fronts, uh I had uh, had some interesting job prospects recently. I had the Giants on a on a streak. I was starting to allow myself to believe in that. I had the Knicks. The preseason game, the first one, looked kind of good. I was like, hey, this is something. So I went into Sunday, and I decided I'm going for it. You know, I'm embracing hope, embracing hope and change. <laughs> new regimes, new beginnings. And as you know, you know, my Giants history, very important to the Demena family and watching the Giants is the spread. Yes. And, uh, by that, I don't mean the point spread. Uh, for gambling purposes, I mean a spread of delicious meats and cheeses that we generally use to guard against any potential misfortune. But so I decided this game, I'm going for it. I told my wife, I don't care what you've got on the docket for this weekend. I'm watching the Giants. I woke up Sunday morning, went to the deli. I got the fresh mozzarella. I got the prosciutto. I got the salami. I got the roast, roast beef. <laughs> I got a loaf of fresh Italian bread. I got the roasted peppers. Brought it all back. Nobody in my family eats any of that stuff except for me. <laughs> this was a one-man <laughs> tailgate party. The Giants are in first place. The Knicks are playing that night. They're looking good. I'm watching sports today. I'm having a good day. This is me time. I work hard. I've earned this. <laughs> and what did I see? <laughs> but total disaster from morning till night. Right. From kickoff to tip off to the end of the day, just disaster. <laughs> <laughs> right. You were given what you've actually earned, I suppose. <laughs> right, right, right. What I actually deserve and am worth, I got thrown back at me in spades. Um, but just what a horrible Sunday that was. And we'll start with the Giants. And we'll get to the Knicks. <laughs> right. You wait over there, Knicks. Right. You wait. We got plenty coming for you. You wait your turn. You're gonna have a feel. We'll, we'll deal with you in a later, <laughs> in a minute. Before we but get before the we Giants. before we just roll around in the mud of the Giants. I just want to. I don't want to bypass the the spread uh, too quickly because it is 
as you said in your family, it's not just a guard against disaster, but it's also, I don't know, like from my personal experience in my younger days leading up to now, it is also a type of evangelism for the Giants where <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's a lure. It's a communion. It's a, it's a way right, to make you right. feel like you are part of the, of not just your the family of the Giants. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It shows that this is, you're not just here as like, you're not just casually in our home today. You're right. here. This is an event. <laughs> And the stakes right. are high. So part of something. Yes, you're part of something. <laughs> right. You are you have been brought right. in and now you are one yeah. of us. And also money has been spent and these delicious niches. You know, it's funny, I haven't done that. You know, my dad was always the tailgate guy. He organized it and he had the means to buy the <laughs> prosciutto and the mozzarella. So I was thinking about how I haven't done this myself in so long. And it occurred to me why, right as the guy was like, well, that'll be about $75. You know, it was like, what? <laughs> For like one person's sandwich, basically. Right. It was like, like, oh, geez, okay. Uh, all right, let me actually make a few tweaks to the order. <laughs> make it a half pound, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you're right. No, and, and right, and that is the experience. And so for you to go and not just spend the money, but to try to recreate, it was almost like, to me, I think going into the day is what you were really saying is Joe Judge, Daniel Jones, Patrick Graham, Blake Martinez, even you, Jason Garrett, come into our family. Come come to us. Right, you that's know. true right it was a welcoming it was you are worth this yes you yes. have earned this yeah. right and then that's what they gave you and you're right you yeah. don't belong here that's what i had to say back to them <laughs> right. no i was wrong about you <laughs> <laughs> you stink <laughs> I was sort of congratulating us. I feel like last week, even though we did succumb, and I'm setting this up here by saying I sort of had allowed myself to daydream and buy in, like we did caution a little bit. There was part of us, I think, that was like, like last, as great as that Seahawks win was, it was like, is everybody getting a little ahead of themselves here? And I mean, man, did we crash land oh, after. Yeah. You know, I mean, just like what a just, you couldn't crash land any more than that, you know? Yeah. No, it was brutal. I mean, I guess I guess since you bring it up that way, because I was looking at it and I was trying to think, to, like, what should be the proper expectation for this team, right? Because if you go back, because I guess, like, it was pretty startling how bad Daniel Jones was, which even that feels, you know, not 100% fair, obviously, because he's he's injured and uh, probably the most potent part of his game was taken away from him. But you go back to, so November 2nd was the date that we played Tampa. And he lost us that game. Like, he yeah. he was the reason we lost to Tampa. He was that bad in that game. Then, that's that was the start, though, of our four games that we rattled off and won. And if you look at then, like, he was better. Like, I, even, I think I remember us saying on this podcast in the Washington game that, that followed the Tampa game, that Jones was better. He didn't have the performance where you're like, okay, Tampa, that game was a fluke. But he was just 
better. And I think throughout the four-game stretch, well, look, the two they had two games, Washington, Philly, then he got hurt against Cincy and that he didn't play against Seattle. So, you know, kind of looking back, even on the four wins and the games that preceded it, like, it really felt like we crash-landed on Sunday. But then you think about it, like, did we? Or was that just... We, that's pretty much who we are. And somehow we won four games in a row and it made us feel a little bit. Yeah, bad. I mean, that's totally fair. I mean, I think that's definitely part of it is like, who did we beat? We beat the Eagles in at their absolute worst. We beat the Washington. Like, I do think Daniel Jones was playing better. He played pretty, he played much better against the, the against Washington, but it wasn't like a really great effort. Then he did play very well against the Eagles. Yeah. And then I thought he played maybe the best half of his career to start the Bengal game and then got hurt. And I am having trouble with like evaluating or how I'm feeling about Daniel Jones after this game because it's like part of me is like it was like the end of it. I was just like, oh. I mean, he was so bad. But he also like it, it's. I think there's a real debate about whether he should have been out there. He really couldn't move. And when you like start thinking about the game again, like all the sacks, he couldn't move. You know, he couldn't get out of there. Yeah. And like he seemed defenseless. And so the line played bad and that's, well, we can get to that, I guess. Like they were really regressed big time, but I do think part of that was like, he couldn't get out of the way. And when they did have time, like he couldn't navigate the pocket to like get the throw off. So it's just so like it exposed some problems that he's already had, like his pocket presence generally and, and his feel in there not being totally great. And, you know, we can get to the fumbling, um, so to expose things that he's had problems all along, but it's like I am having trouble not at least giving him a little benefit of the doubt that like he looked hurt. Like, yeah, <laughs> he looked real hurt, you know? No, absolutely. I, I mean, he did look hurt, right, just in passing. I mean, on the pass plays, but also he couldn't. When you take away the threat to run, what is he able to do? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I, to me, it's like when you go to the game, at the point when they the coaches said to themselves, we're not calling any design runs in this game because of his hamstring injury. Like, once you had that conversation, to me, it's like, he probably shouldn't play. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, once you say, like, we're not going to do that because we don't want to expose that leg, it's like, well, then he shouldn't be out there. Right. Like, it's a huge part of his game. He needs it. And then it suggests the other, you know, obviously it's like, okay, he's hurt then. he. You know, what, what what's the point? <laughs> so is there is there is there value in finding out what he can do if he can't run, or is it just like why would we even want to know that? We don't. Why would we want to know what he can do with like a severely injured hamstring? You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> like, what use is that? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Fair. Like, that's stupid. And I get putting him out. I get the temptation because it's like the Giants are probably feeling the way we were. Like, hey, we're, we're looking like a good team here. Like, let's get yeah. – we can win this game. Yeah. Um, let's finish this season. Maybe we really got something here. Like, you know, and, and Colt McCoy obviously was looked not the answer the week before. So – and it sounds like maybe Daniel Jones looked pretty good in practice. Like, you know, like they just all wanted to believe he was ready and needed him out there desperately. And so they put him out there. But I, I think it's hard not to feel like it backfired. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't – like, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's still like, you know, we're in this position now where he may be hurt. This may linger. Like, he might not play well the rest of the year. And, you know, we're in this kind of awful position of, like, what is this guy? You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> is he any good at all? I don't know. Yeah. I and I don't know. I mean, I don't know either. Like, yeah. Look, even if he's healthy, you think about it, the offense has only scored over 20 points four times this year. And three of the yeah. four times has come against the NFC East. And like you said, like probably his best game this year was Philly start to finish and their secondary stinks. I mean, they stink. Yeah. So right. <laughs> you know, I just there's not a lot about us that's that's all that different. It was just like it was jarring because I think expectations were high, but I don't think that I mean, I guess what it does tell us about the team is that it's sort of you would think we got no shot against Lee. You texted me last night. Cleveland is going to kick the shit out of us. And, <laughs> and like I totally agree with you. But at the same time, maybe not because I guess if we're like pumping the brakes on the disappointment a little bit, what we did against Arizona is not all that different from what we've done literally all season long. It's just that somehow we beat Seattle. That's like the only difference. And we lost to Seattle. I don't know that anything yeah. about Sunday would have been surprising at all. You're right. You're right. You're right. Defense was pretty good. Our offense was horrendous. Our offense has been horrendous all season long. <laughs> right. And so, like, I think that the, they've been dreadful. Um, that the question no, now yeah, is, is really just who is more at fault, Daniel Jones or Jason Garrett? And what do we do about it? Both situations. And Brian will have the answer for you after I read this ad. Uh, <laughs> the Ecuadorian Film Festival in New York is proud to announce its sixth season, running from December 1st to 6th. Oh, that's over. Whoops. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was great. Anyway, it was fantastic. It was, we're sorry you missed it. It was wonderful. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Giving Tuesday, 2020. Today's Tuesday. Uh, December 1st. Nope. (laughs) Strike two. (laughs) Well, we hope you gave. Yes. Hope you gave on on Giving Tuesday. Okay. This one's for real. If you live in New York City and run either for fun or exercise, here's a way to learn something about the city while you're getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours designed with locals in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of a neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Choose from tours of 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City, and Roosevelt Island. For more information on the running tours, to see, to see a list of neighborhoods on our for, full tour schedule, check out our website at www.cityrunningtours.com slash New York City. All right. We got one. We did. That was, was good. Rough, hey, rough, one for three. That's <laughs> a, you're a Hall of Famer. There you go. 30. <laughs> um, okay. So the question you were going to answer is, Daniel Jones, Jason Garrett, what do we do? You know, I would. I mean, I still say I would love to see. I would love to see Daniel Jones play on a Giants team that had better weapons and a better offensive coordinator. But I totally get the people who were like, "This guy stinks, and we should move on post haste. He's not going to be that great." Um, you know, I think both positions are fair. I, I would. You know, I would like to see. Hey, 
uh, a better coordinator. Let's get a number one, a real wide receiver in here. Let's get Saquon Barkley back and give Daniel Jones a chance, you know, maybe with a, a new coordinator um, who they get, you know, next year or who maybe is on the staff already so that it's not totally, a totally new system. Um, but like, I really don't, I really don't care about people who like want to keep Garrett for, because otherwise um, he'll have three coordinators in three years and continuity and whatever. Like if the co- there's co- continuity doesn't do you anything, if it stinks, you know, right. like, it, it doesn't help you if it's bad. Um, so I, I still, you know, I w- would like to see Daniel Jones get a chance with some of those things in place, but like, he's been terrible this year. I mean, it's like, he has not been good <laughs> at all. He was, you know, his, he looked hurt to me. He looked like he couldn't do anything, but he was horrible. Um, he has eight touchdowns on the season, you know? I mean, like, that's an alarming yeah. lack of production. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't be like, oh, you know, he's had this great year. He showed all this promise. But, he, you know, I thought he showed a lot last year. And, you know, I was excited about him this year. And so I get where people who are like, I'm, they're done with him, but... So if it were me, I would I would try to improve this offense and get it and get somebody else to call the plays, and that's how I would proceed. Yes, I don't I, know. Are I you t- done with him? You done with Danny Dimes? I I don't know. You know who is done with him? My my dad is done with him. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> my dad is done. He says I never want to see him again. Um. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. Uh, so anyway, Dan Duggan had a piece today where he was talking about how Joe Judge wanted to implement or wants to implement offensive game plans that limit turnovers and control the ball, which makes a lot of sense because we don't have a lot of talent on offense, so you're probably going to play it more conservatively. And, you know, I don't know that he was saying it's not Jason Garrett's fault at all, but he was sort of like shifting the blame from Garrett a little bit. But I also do think that there's a way to play conservatively, to try and limit turnovers, to try and make decisions a little bit easier for Daniel Jones and not be just totally uncreative or not lack any imagination whatsoever. Um, And that's just what he is. And that's just what he does. And it's infuriating. Like, you know, I mean, the 49ers don't have a heck of a lot of talent, but they've had a pretty decent year. So, you know, you could still be conservative and creative at the same time. So with that said, I don't really blame Judge for it. I think what Judge wants to do is smart. I think Garrett needs to do it better. And the thing with Jones is, I do think you're right. Like, I think you get a new coordinator in here. I mean, look at Bake. Look at how Baker has been. You know, his first year, he was, you know, really hot at the end of the season. Then his second year, it was like, oh, man, we were all wrong about Baker. And now this year, he's playing really well again. So I don't think it's that big of a deal to to get him another offensive coordinator. And, and right, you don't stick with a mistake because he spent a long time making it. There's no reason yeah. to stick with Jason Garrett. But um, I, I think ultimately what has made – what has sort of kept my spirits up just a little bit about this team is that I still have a lot of confidence in Judge. I don't think that anything we saw on Sunday erased how I've been feeling about Judge. And so then you just look at what are the better options to Jones because we've already won too many games to get one of the top QBs coming this year. Yeah. You know? And 
so I don't know if we'll have an opportunity to draft anybody we know will be better than Daniel Jones. So as long as we have a good head coach and we have an understanding that next year's team has to have a significant upgrade in talent in a number of places, then I think the coaching will be there and that, you know, look, we just keep going along with Jones. Like at this point, we're kind of, there's no reason to make a move on Jones because I don't know if we'll have a draft pick that's going to get us anybody better. And he's not up for a new contract any, you know, within the next year. So there, I mean, we're kind of stuck with him. So we're just going to ride with it at this point. Right. I mean, it's sort of moot because it's the Giants. Like, that's the moves they could make, right? I mean, there's a couple interesting quarterback prospects. Like, you have a Zach Wilson or, like, Mac Jones who would probably be there. Yeah. But the Giants aren't going to do it. So, right. Like, <laughs> right. We right. could talk about it. But, I mean, what what's the point? But I'd be fine with it. Like, I don't I – mean, I, I still would like to see him with some of those things in place. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's not been good. Like, you know, he's got eight touchdowns and – He's like six and a half yards per attempt. You know, there's just nothing you see. But, you know, I, I do think – I don't think the offense has helped him. Like, there's a lot of statistics you look around, like separation. Receivers aren't open. You know, he's throwing into a lot of tight windows. Yeah. Um, all that stuff. All those measures are really bad for the Giants. And I do put that on scheme. You know, and I, I think I think you're right. Like, to me, Jones is, is giving you a philosophy that's very different than, like, the plays. You know, like, here's how the philosophy I'd like on offense – Right. How you execute that is, you know, there's a million different ways you can achieve that. So um, I agree. I, I, I didn't what that game didn't make me go. Oh, God, we're all wrong. Joe Judge is an idiot. Um, but it did make me go. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we stink. We stink. <laughs> we stink. Yeah, we stink. We stink. Yeah, we're not good. No, we're bad. <laughs> yeah, right. And everybody just let's just all bathe in that for a while. Let's all right. Everybody accept that into your hearts, and then let's proceed and let's try to we'll try to bring some positives out of the rest of this year. And then maybe there's something we can get, but like, don't let's not drink the Kool Aid that we don't stink because we stink. Right. Also, <laughs> by the way, it wasn't just us drinking the Kool-Aid and it wasn't even just New York yeah, drinking true. the Kool-Aid. We were a national darling for a couple days. Yeah, that's true. You know? True. Right. All of a sudden we were absolutely going to win this division and yeah, you're right. Right. And I, I look, I think the positive is I do think judge is good. I think judge is a good coach. I think guys respond to him. Well, I think all the hires that he was responsible for making have been home runs yeah um you know but we got to do something about uh uh, you know look yeah jason garrett if we replace jason garrett we get a look at daniel jones next year and then we have to make a decision on whether or not to to do the fifth year option and i think that's how you evaluate him it's just what is he going to look like with someone who when you see jason garrett's glasses i don't know (laughs) something about the glasses mask combination makes me want to choke him (laughs) <laughs> is that weird no I, I know what you mean he's just it's just so annoying you know it's just like what is jason garrett doing over there <laughs> whose idea was he right uh, or just the idea we look we've talked about him so much this year but just the, i can't because he sucks i can't get over it. like why was he a giant again like oh well he's coming back to the giants is he right why was he here when right. was he here who cares Carrie collins backup yeah like what <laughs> right. 
I know. I wouldn't bring Kerry Collins back to coach the team. Why am I bringing his backup? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So now we look ahead to Cleveland. Uh, I mean, I, I've been saying for – I still stand by it. I've been saying for weeks, this is the game. This is it. If we can win this game, maybe – we still stink. We stink. We should never forget that. We can't. We can't win that game. I think we're done. I think we met, we said our piece. It was a demoralizing victory. Like, um, they're not good. They're not going to beat Cleveland. They're not going to beat Baltimore. <laughs> right. They might beat Dallas. And, you know, we'll see. And then we'll be like, we'll, we'll, you know, soon enough we'll be talking about who they should draft. And that's where we are. Oh, man. That's fine. It's okay. Right. The defense has improved. You know, there's some pieces there. Yeah. At least something's happened. We have one side of the ball that's at least stable. And now, you know, we'll fill out the rest of the team. But, um, yeah. Yeah. We have no talent. They're not good. No. <laughs> right. Well, look, I guess the, the bright side is we can get rid of Garrett and Gettleman now, right? Like... I think Gettleman won't be on the team, and I mean won't be part of the organization. Some, some by hook or by crook, and I think they've done enough that they can they can spin it in a way that makes them all feel they can shake hands and yeah. get him out of here with dignity. And uh, I'd be really surprised if Garrett's back too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. There we go. I've been saying we now I've, I'm too deep in now, and then we have to win the NFC East, but. I guess again, if we're not going to win the NFC East, then and but we could still get rid of Garrett and Gettleman, then I can leave the 2020 season thinking we accomplished something. <laughs> we removed two potential tumors right. from our <laughs> our lungs. Yeah, right, right, big deal. Right. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Giants Among Men on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thanks for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Your support keeps us going well brian let's get into the uh the latter half of your day on sunday and well we let's start with friday should we start with friday with the knicks well i like i think actually what's really funny is that you and i set the scene i think perfectly for like our conversation last week was a perfect introduction like the knicks (laughs) <laughs> they, they 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 accomplished that whole thing in two preseason games. You know? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> because I said I went on a whole thing about it. I think Obi Toppin's going to be fun. I think R.J. Barrett's going to look better, and that's going to be fun. And then you know, hey, maybe Frank is going to be frisky, and Knox is going to look improved, and it, it could, and we'll have some fun. And then, and then all these young, we have all these young guys, and maybe so Friday night, Friday night Knicks. You know, what's his name was playing Friday Night Knicks, <laughs> that stupid song. And um, what is the name of that singer? Robert Randolph and the something band. Or the only yeah. reason I know is Jeff Jones was a big fan of that guy. So, <laughs> which is kind of perfect. Anyway, um, and it was so then we had it. And then you had said, but you know, what I'm worried about is then we get to MLK Day and, you know, Obi Toppin is showing some warts in really irritating ways and Knox, <laughs> I'm looking at him, screaming at Knox. And then all we're seeing is like 35 minutes of Julius Randle dribbling into traffic. And, <laughs> and that was Sunday. That so, <laughs> so we got both. We got both, you know. So yeah. I think the thing about this and we we texted about this a little bit like the the, the this season is going to be about how much do you need 
to what do you need to get this to be a successful season? And how how many of these young guys need to be good for you to feel okay about it? And I think I'm seeing, for me, I, I like love what I'm seeing from R.J. Barrett. He looks so improved. Um, if he's a legit player, okay. And then if Obi Toppin is a promising player and everybody else is like essentially <laughs> worthless garbage, <laughs> right? I can live with that. I think that's the minimum, though. I don't think it can even be just RJ. We, there needs to be something else that develops that's promising. But I think that's probably as good as we can do with the group that that has assembled um, for this year. Yeah, I think you're right. Would you accept that, or do you need more? Do you need a Frank? Do you need one other guy, a Mitchell Robinson? Like, do you need a third? No, I will. I will accept that. But my caveat is is that. Obi Toppin has to be legitimate promising. He has to look like real promising, not like Frank Nilakita the last three years promising. Right. <laughs> where it's like everybody on Twitter and in our texting, our group chats on text is trying to convince me that Frank Nilakita is good when yeah. every time I watch a Knicks game, I don't see a good player out there named right. Frank Nilakita. So, so, I mean, you know. Obi Toppin has to not just be Nick's Twitter good. He has to be an actual, like, promising player where any objective person would agree that, right. that he looks promising. Frank Nilakina. Like, smart people on Twitter and in the Knicks universe that I follow, uh, you know, seemingly the smart Knicks fan, right, likes to think of themselves as the smart Knicks fan. They want Natilakina out. Frank playing, right? Frank's got to play more. Yeah. Why isn't Frank playing? And I've like been there. I get it. The defense looks very tantalizing. There's always these stretches where things, good things, seem to happen when he's on the floor. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but he stinks. <laughs> he can't do anything on offense. All right, I mean, nothing. Nothing. Like nothing. So how can you play him? Like, and, and now we have Tom Thibodeau. You know, if he. If he's this defensive whiz, which he can be, but like you don't think that guy would play him if he's so right. if like he's a difference maker on defense? Like, why can't he shoot? Why can't he shoot? I right. like why didn't he develop a corner three? Like just, right. just be able to do that. That's a reliable it. three point shot where he could play off the ball. And I mean, he can't handle the ball like at all. He can't orchestrate the offense even a little bit. Yeah. So, like, I get it. How, how can he play? Right. He can't. He's not good. Like, I don't even understand it. I don't know right. what the argument is. Like, right. it just – I don't get it. I don't get it. I look at Twitter, and it drives me insane. Right. Why, why are we still talking about him? You know? Right. His size and that he can guard. He can really be disruptive on defense. But, like, it's never, like – enough where then you know and especially because we don't have a ton of talented scorers out there and we don't have any shooting like what lineup can he play in you know it was like yeah i'm even trying to like i was trying to think of like the fun lineup right like let's say it's mitchell robinson obi rj frank and then who who plays point guard like would it have to be alfred payton like it can't be like quickly i guess is that fun I don't know. But then there's no shooting. Right. Like, you can't, like, play that lineup, you know? Like, yeah. 
so there's like so few lineups. I don't know. Like him and I mean, just him and Knox back to back is going. It's like the death of us. Like that year when you had two lottery picks, yeah. pretty high ones. You know, not the front of the lottery, but not the back of it either. Like eight and nine. Yeah. And those have just been disasters. You know, <laughs> like Knox, who I. You know, he looks great. He's six nine. He's put on, packed on like twenty pounds of muscle, but nothing happens. <laughs> it's like nothing happens. No, it just nothing happens. He's another one. Learn to shoot. Like stand in the corner. Right. He's another one of these guys who theoretically can shoot. You know, because right. he's six nine. He's like six nine. He can shoot. It's like, well, he can shoot. Like <laughs> they don't right. like go in the basket, but yeah. like. <laughs> Right, I too can shoot. Like, right, I technically. can shoot. I know how to shoot. <laughs> it has to has to go through the net. That's the problem. Right, in an NBA game. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's God. like all those guys, and they're so young. Right, it's like we keep saying it. Right? He's twenty one. He's twenty two. He's twenty. He's twenty two. <laughs> all right, but he's not any good at basketball. It's a problem. He's right. very young. Like my son is only five. He's <laughs> he's. Can't play basketball, you know. He's not a promising Nick. Yeah, uh, and like I'm, go- I'm getting there with Mitchell Robinson. It's I'm like getting to this place of like, let's face it, the guy's a weirdo. He's never gonna put it together. Like this is a person who sat out his sat out his freshman year of college and just did nothing. Like he didn't go to Europe and play. He didn't go to the G League, and maybe that wasn't available to him at the time. But like he just didn't do anything for a year. Like. He's a strange bird, right? right? Like, he's this yeah. odd duck. And this is who, what he's going to be. He's going to be a backup center on a decent team, maybe. He's block shots. But he's never going to be a all-star center. He's not Rudy Gobert, you know? No, right. Uh, what's the what's the syndrome or, or condition when you, uh, like, fall in love with the people that are holding you hostage? What's that called? Oh, um, uh, Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. I think that... There are too many Knicks fans who suffer from Stockholm syndrome with the Knicks. So yeah. that that when we get these guys who are awful and they like Knicks fan like our buddy Matt who's on a group text with us and half of Twitter, they develop obsessions with these young players that should be developing, like Frank, like Knox, like not less so Knox. I, there's not a big Knox cheering section out there, but like Frank and Mitch are the two big ones. Where it's just like, like you said, but the defense, but, you know, and yeah. like where even they find themselves rooting for those guys in theoretical worlds where they end up on a better team. Like Frank will be a contributor on a good team someday. I just know it because he is that good. We just can't use him. Right, and, right. And it's just like, why are you rooting for Frank to be a good player on another? Who cares? He stinks right. for us. And like, you're right. You're right about all these guys. Like the the excuses that we've made because – there, it, it, there's like we've gotten to a point too where, you know, a number of these star players who become free agents are passing on the Knicks and not even considering us, and we're not even in the mix for some of these guys. So then it's like when you're a Knicks fan, you think to yourself, well, the only option we really have at this point is to develop the guys we have. Well, let's look at the roster. Well, we have these hot, these like lottery picks and these guys, and they're young, and you know, I see something Frank could do well, and I see something Mitch does well. And so it's like you start to dream because the only possible dream you could have is that one of those guys pans out. So you start to dream about it. And then yet, I guess I don't get it because then those same people are the ones who wanted 
Porzingis out of here. Right. And it's like, he's the only one that actually was good. He <laughs> really good <at> that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's like, I have, like, Nick's Twitter has just sort of ruined me on just all these, like, worthless young guys, like, which I get. Like, you'd rather watch a promising youngster than a worthless veteran, and we've all, we're always in that position. But it's like, yeah. it, it goes back so long where it's like, People freaking out because, like, Willie Hernan Gomez wasn't getting minutes. And you're like, is Willie Hernan Gomez, like, in the NBA anymore? You know, like, right. <laughs> that didn't matter either. He was bad, too. So, yes, like, maybe you didn't really want to watch, like, who, whatever stiff we were throwing out there. But that coach was playing the stiff because Willie Hernan Gomez also stinks. <laughs> right, you know? totally. And it's like... So you don't want to watch Wayne Ellington last year. So you're like, put Frank in. I get that. That would be more interesting. But it doesn't mean Frank is good. So true. And I want him to be good. I Like Mitchell Robinson, I think he's really is tantalizing. You know, like yeah. his defense is special, I think. And then, you know, he can. He's so smooth know, at that size. 75% from the floor. Like, but he just can't stay out of foul trouble. And he just doesn't seem like he's going to get it. Um, like I'm not ready to give up on him after a bad preseason game, but it was pretty demoralizing <laughs> coming off the heels of that Giants game, probably especially. But just like all of those guys, how bad they were was just like <laughs> that game Sunday night was so bad. <laughs> well, and Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, he's oh, just God. terrible. And like, you know, they had a lineup at one point. You know, I think they were saying like. You know, Nerlens Noel is like the oldest guy on the team, you know, um, and they had a lineup up there where like, I think Obi Toppin was like the oldest player on the floor. And (laughs) you're like, well, that's cool, except that, you know, everybody's bad. Right. (laughs) Going back a little bit to what you were saying, uh, you know, about, about wanting to play the young guys over the old guys, even though we don't know that that's an improvement. It's similar. This is a weird comparison, but, you know holidays are coming up or we're in the holiday season and Christmas is coming up. And like a lot of other families, my family is in a debate about do we want to be together or, you know, are we going to play it safe or, or whatever? And so I'm watching my, my, all my in-laws, my, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, but also my brother and sister-in-law and my wife all sort of like, you know, my, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law are supposed to get tested this Sunday so that we could all get together on Christmas Eve, which is Thursday. And they're going to do a rapid test, so they get the results Sunday night. And I'm telling them, like, well, a lot could happen between Monday and Thursday. Why are you getting yeah. tested Sunday? And, you know, it's just like I feel like my whole family is trying to find a way so that we can say that it's safe to get together. But it's not safe to get – like, if we're going to get together, we need to acknowledge that what we're doing is unsafe and we're all engaging in a risk. There's right. no <laughs> way that we're going to make it safe, though, and I just feel like – I'm I I'm willing to get together, but if we are, we all have to say it's not safe. We ought to right. just acknowledge it, and that's the same thing I think with the with the young guys. It's like you want to play the young guys over the old guys. I get that argument, but either way, we're watching horrendous basketball. Right, Can we right, all right. just be together on that? And that's the right. thing about Nick's Twitter that's so frustrating because they're always thinking it would be better, but it wouldn't be better. It would just be. I mean, yeah, I, I guess that th- it, it has the prom, it has promise, right? right? Maybe play a guy, maybe he gets better. Like I think coaches would probably argue against that, right? Just playing a bad player more doesn't make him improve. <laughs> um, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but maybe it does. I don't know. How else can you really improve without playing? But um, yeah, I, I mean, 
I don't know. I'm still at least like looking forward to the start of the season. I, I thought Obi looked pretty good and promising, and I'm excited about him. But I, I mean, I could. I think there's a lot to your what you were saying about. I could very easily see us get to middle of January, and this is already like like just you want to absolutely blow your head off every time you know just nothing. Right. Um. I mean, I guess it's funny though, like. It, Especially to our group text on Saturday after the Friday night game. That's <laughs> delusion. From the Deliriously happy. Yeah. yeah. Ceiling the floor, just delusion. And, you know, hopefully we average somewhere in the middle there. You know, right. <laughs> we take Friday and Sunday and, and meet somewhere in the middle. Right. Well, it's like there's a, ver- you know, if some of these guys, I mean, just feel like if this any of these guys could actually improve, you know, it could be a yeah. fun little group. It's very young team. Like here you have a coach who maybe knows what he's doing. Um, maybe it could get better. Um, you know, I don't know anything to avoid having to watch Julius Randall play basketball for 35 minutes a night. Like that's really the hope of OB. It's like, dude, you got to step up here. We can't, <laughs> right. we can't do this. Like this can't happen. Um, I don't know. Like I know you hate the guy more than life itself <laughs> or the sight of him. He's such a weird thick figure. Cause like on the one hand, you can't not play him. Like he's the best player on the team. Yeah. You know, but he's brutal to watch. He doesn't make anything good happen. The offense looks terrible when he's in there. But, like, for a coach, it's like, how do I not play this guy? Like, he is yeah. the best player. <laughs> he's the only person who can score points and grab rebounds and pass. Like, what do we do here? You know? Like, what do you do? Put him on the bench? Yeah, no, you can't. Like, right. Right. But right, I don't know what to do with him either because, like, what does he even do well? I don't know. Like, he's oddly effective. He scores at a high, at an efficient rate. Yeah. He passes pretty well. Like, he's had, I think, five assists in both the preseason games. Um, like, he grabs brief outs, you know? Like, he can handle the ball a little bit, even though he's a turnover machine also. Like, um so but he's not a great defender he doesn't seem to no one he's a ball hog like the offense kind of stagnates when he's in there it's not pleasant to watch him play oh god no it's um, awful so i don't know i don't know i i mean i think if Obi developed fast enough look whatever like why not play start him and this maybe Julius Randle against second teamers is he's actually more effective and he gives you nice 20 minutes. What would be so bad about that? Like, um, so that's the only hope for, but I, you know, it's hard to imagine that really happening. Yeah, no, it's true because right. You can't not play Julius Randle. It's just also too, like we're just built so poorly. I mean, you know, who are like our, our two best guys are, uh, a post player in, in Julius Randle and, and RJ who, his greatest asset seems he can get to the hoop. So we don't have any shooters. We don't have anybody for those two guys to kick the ball out to. So in a lot of ways, like what can they do? They're hamstrung, right? Like the, the strength, yeah. the strength of their game for both guys has not been built around and they don't, they're not particularly good together either. So <laughs> no, no, like not at all. Actually, they seem to, yeah, right. <laughs> So, All right, they seem to actively harm 
Yeah. Uh, you're cutting out a little bit, so I'm actually going to take this opportunity to uh, do an ad read. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you, as it has been for so many in 2020, a difficult year for us financially, and every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Please help by pledging whatever you can. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Uh, hi, Brian. Are you with me again? You're staring uh, with some pretty, uh, pretty dead eyes. Hello. All right. Well, uh, Brian is back. Hi, Brian. Uh, <laughs> I've been here. I'm here. I'm oh, here. you're here. I'm trying to be here. All right. Yeah, yeah. I did a quick ad read. No big deal. Um. So I yeah I don't know I don't know how much more there is to say about the Knicks after two preseason games against Detroit, uh, other than we stink. <laughs> no they're gonna be bad they're gonna lose a ton of games um yeah maybe it won't be totally depressing meanwhile the nets are gonna be awesome yes they are um and Kyrie irving is the worst <laughs> um am i coming in all right can you hear me now uh, I can hear you. Yeah. No. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. This is riveting radio. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, don't you feel like the dream of them not being good is kind of dead? Um, oh yeah. I mean, yes, no way. That was also a silly dream to begin with. It was a, a total, it was a wish, but saw, right. The second you saw Kevin Durant in action, it was like, oh, right. This is, I'm an idiot. They're going to be very good (laughs) and very difficult and annoying for all of us to deal with. Yeah. Since you and I have a hit New York sports radio show, do you consider us pawns? (laughs) Clearly. Clearly. (laughs) What a, what a, just. I love the flat earth guy is the guy who's like, you guys don't get it. You don't understand. You, you know, you're like, you're not on my level. I think on a different plane than you, you regular, you know, just shut up, you idiot. You know why I know the earth is flat? Because you, you can see it. Here's the earth, you freaking idiot. <laughs> and it's a ball in the universe. It's sitting there. It's photographs. They're not just guessing. All right. No, uh, no, you got to read, man. You got to look into it. And like, you don't understand. Just shut up. So sick of that guy. Also, any idiot conspiracy theorist, like, you should always, if you have a conspiracy theory, you should always ask, what's the point of the conspiracy and who's benefiting from it? It's unclear to me who benefits from telling us that the Earth is round when it's actually flat. Who is the winner there? Well, Brian's not with us, so I'm going (laughs) to... 
<laughs> read another ad. Uh, please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming Radio Free Brooklyn events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. And uh, that might be a better means for you to figure out, uh, to learn about the Ecuadorian Film Festival uh, before it happens, as opposed to after, when I, when I read the ad two weeks later. So, uh, you know, subscribe to the newsletter. It's good. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. And then you have to rely on clearly an unreliable person such as myself. So, um, but, but yeah. I... This is, I feel like, how many more episodes are we going to record in 2020? Because I think that our podcast has gone full 2020 today. We were, we were delayed. Right. <laughs> we only have bad news to report. We were delayed because your son was having a meltdown. We've had all kinds of technical difficulties. I read the wrong ad. Right. This is 2020. This is the episode. Right. Um, but any, anyway, I don't know who benefits from Flat Earth. Probably. Congress as we're talking. What? Said so I'm probably contacting the coronavirus as we speak. Yes, yes, indeed. Um. Also, did you notice that today Kyrie tried to clean up his his comments, so he made another statement, but also again referred to himself as an artist. He keeps calling himself an artist. Right. Which, you know, he's a craftsman. I'll give him that, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, whatever. I, you know, call yourself whatever you want. I don't really care. But it's just more, don't, like, I don't know. Just shut up, you know? Just shut up, I know, right? Just whatever. Just enough of you. Oh, God. You know, it's so annoying, because if they had just gotten Kyrie, they might still not be that good. He's he's like it could have been a disaster with him. I think Durant is that caliber of player that he's foolproof. Yeah, you can only be so bad with a guy that good. Um, Kyrie's not that, that good, and he thinks he is, and that's what's annoying about him. But he's now aligned himself with somebody who will never in a position where we can like point that out to Kyrie ever again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like we're not going to get any Schadenfreude, uh, you know victory over Kyrie like he's probably going to win here it's going to have a fun run with the Nets and it'll go swimmingly yeah I mean are you worried about what that's going to do to the New York like sports landscape not really I don't care if people like the Nets you know I like who I like I'm not going to like the Nets and if some people want to like the Nets then fine you know go ahead enjoy Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving um and rooting for those two, <laughs> those two gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> those two who are so perfect in that, you know, whatever. Congratulations, Kevin. I just hate Kevin Durant so much. Just his like whole thing, and that and not. Anything. I didn't care about going to the Knicks. Yeah, we know. We know who you are. You're right. the guy and a guy who would go to the Nets and think it's cool. That's we get it. We know that about you, and we thought that's who you were, and it is who you are. And so, have fun. Yeah, it's true. And we got Obi Toppin, so in your face. So, yeah, no, you're better than us. All right, great. We stink. So what? <laughs> you're going to have a you're gonna, they'll be hot for a couple of years, and they'll fade immediately as soon as those guys leave, would be my best guess for what happens. Yeah. 
Uh, They're not even the Mets, for God's sakes. Well, speaking of the Mets, how do you like your new catcher? Well, let's do another ad read. (laughs) If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone, Android, uh, and it is available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. <laughs> so, Brian, tell us about your new catcher. Well, Scott, you're, you're, getting your, uh, you're getting your radio bona fides here today. Yes. You're, you're earning your host uh, lapels. <laughs> <laughs> My internet connection's been a disaster, so I apologize to the listeners. Um, yeah, the Mets have a catcher. Um, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> This isn't what I was promised, Scott. I know it. I know it. That was my first thought. You feel like I don't want to. I don't want to be at the kid the kitty table. I'm not a. I I, I wasn't meant to be. I want to be dining on the finest. You know, I want to be eating the surf and turf, ordering whatever I want. I want a uh, real muto. I want a springer. I want a little shrimp cocktail. I want the lobster bisque. You know, I, not not this. And I thought uh, I thought that's what Steve Cohen wanted too. We take too long for Real Muto. Me too. I thought that's the whole idea behind Daddy Warbucks uh, coming in here was you know we're we're not we're not uh, we're playing at the big boy table you know or at the blackjack table with where the, the big hands are being played. Um, so a little disappointing. I mean, look, it's not done. They got a lot of time left to to keep making moves, and I they probably will. But it was dis- disappointing. A disappointing first move to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I guess the, the, the bright side is, right, it's the first move, not the last. Um, you would hope, anyway. Um, but, yeah, yeah it's a weird start. Really on this guy that he's a good player. I don't really get it. Like, um, he's 31. He was, like, pretty good last year. But he only played, like, 30 games. Um, I don't know. I don't really get it. <laughs> he's a good defender, I guess. So, it's, like, a solid player and... They'll spend the money elsewhere? I mean, I hope so. Like, I mean, otherwise, it makes no sense. Right. Right. And is who's still, who's near your number one right now still? Springer? Springer has to, I mean, that's like, to me, that that's the bare minimum. Like, if we don't get him, then, like, what the hell? Right. Because Mets are good. They could be good next year. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um. I mean, so. Don't you think there's this, don't you think the average fan is, like, not put not getting it enough how much money these rich owners really have like i've heard people kind of being like they still have a budget and you know you can't just spend anything it's like no you don't get it he doesn't have to have a budget he has limitless funds he has multiple billion dollars he could spend a billion dollars and still have more billions of dollars like there's no budget he can just do what he wants like it's a printing press owns the team so don't let him off the hook with that crap like no also why am i worried about any of their budgets like i don't care right why is it my concern cut him a break yeah. when would i spend all his money right. yes no. and like no we can't spend his own money <laughs> yes right yes i do yes spend it all <laughs> right i don't care he doesn't care about how much money i'm spending to get tickets to his game or to buy a beer there 
I right, right. I don't care how much you spend. Make yeah. the team good. Right, right. So, and you have plenty of money. You have lots and lots of money. This is how you give back. You either give to charity or this is your civic responsibility is to make this team good. Yes. Yes, Don't it give is. me this stuff. Right. Do right. something for the city of New York in a time of crisis. Right. We'll either raise your taxes or you can get us a catcher who's who's the best on the market. All right. Exactly. <laughs> so cut this. The nonsense. All right. I'm sick of it. Yeah. Like he's got plenty of money. And also the Mets have plenty of room to spend. Plenty of room to spend. Right. They're and, not anywhere close to luxury tax. Any of that. And, and let's also just like use this as a as, as a. A, a way to sort of cut anyone off where it's like, you know what I'm tired of hearing generally on podcasts and things is how, you know, uh, profits are down in the pro sports leagues because of the pandemic. So, you know, the salary cap will come down. They're going to have to make cuts and this and that. Yeah. Who cares? Like, I mean, everybody is hurting <laughs> right now. Those guys are last on the list of who should we care about struggling in the pandemic. I know. Yeah, give me a break. I mean, most of them just sitting on like an ocean of money that like we can't even comprehend <laughs> the levels right. of wealth that those people represent. Like sports owners is just yeah, uh, and, and just, you know, it's a level of wealth you can't even, it's hard to comprehend, you know? It sounds like, well, he's only got $3 billion. It's like, that's just a ridiculous amount of money. Right, you're way too <laughs> focused on the three. And not nearly a focused enough the on three, the billion. I do think, though, I, I like, do think it, like, it affects people. It's like, well, it's like, right, you could spend a billion dollars and still have another two billion dollars. <laughs> right. right. Like, I realize it's money is not all liquid cash, but it's, there's, like, no way for that man to go broke, essentially, like. He can get. He can spend for JT Realmuto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian. Oh, yeah. uh, with our technical difficulties, we may have to uh, put put a lid on the pod at this point. Uh, unless you want to give me some predictions Sounds for the week. Good. No, just uh, probably some more pain and suffering. But uh, we'll we'll. we'll... <laughs> this one early uh we'll wrap it up so that uh my frozen face doesn't uh destroy any more hopes and dreams <laughs> all right brian thanks for being here and we'll, we'll we'll see everybody next week after uh two nicks oh it's all cleveland all cleveland all week brian right i never liked cleveland yeah oh no <laughs> don't get me started on cleveland all right. Until the end of Cleveland week. We'll see everybody next time. Right. Cleveland week.